the free for all roundtable round two on round two this morning we have tim hudak former leader of ontario's conservatives he's at the ontario real estate association pamela palmater is here lawyer professor and activist and adua and sia yabois traffic specialist at news talk 1010. let's start with the municipal race and uh, john tory said he was going to keep out of it but yesterday not only made a video but did some robocalls um here's just a portion of the video he's coming out perhaps not surprisingly in support of anna Bailau, who was just here. Anna Bailau is a leader who can deliver on the promise of Toronto. She will build housing, she will deliver transit, she will fix our city's finances, and she will be there for you every day, working tirelessly to make this city better. Now, Andrew, we, can, we don't have to dwell on this, but I always find robocalls vaguely creepy. Um, <laughs> but still, should the former mayor, whose departure necessitated this race, be endorsing? I honestly think if I was them, I'd be silent, but he clearly doesn't want uh, Olivia Chow, who is the front runner right now. I mean, he's been consistently the front runner. He clearly doesn't want her to win. So I think if he was going to endorse, he waited just a bit too long to do that. I, I, I don't know if that it was the best decision because now it's just going to, maybe people might have forgotten. People do have a short memory when it does come to politics. So bringing that all back up again, coming back, and I don't know if this might hinder her campaign. People still did like John Tory. I know in the most recent poll, there's still like a likability factor, but I don't know if this is going to bode well necessarily for Anna Bailau. And Pamela Palmater, a lot of people are pointing out, as Adjua just did, that uh, it's a very last-minute endorsement, but I think that is precisely because the election is what it is, or the polls are what they are, and John Tory definitely would prefer Anna Bailau. Yeah, you know, but I, I have to wonder if he isn't coming out primarily or solely because of the fact that Olivia Chow could very well win. So less of a, oh, I support Anna and more, please don't vote for Olivia Chow because she has shown to be very popular. She's very community based. She cares about social supports and she doesn't engage in this. I don't know yucky politics that seems to have evolved that's primarily around all of these male politicians including doug ford but i don't know i don't think it helps her i don't think it helps anna uh in any way especially at the last minute tim hudak i suspect we're going to see a few more of these last minute endorsements because again a lot of people want to stop chow and so they're going to come out in favor of the candidate they support yeah, I'm I'm 180 opposite of my colleagues here, okay. John. This is this is the single biggest event happening this campaign. Are you kidding me? Like if John Tory was on the ballot, he'd win walking away. And people are looking for a signal those that don't want uh, Olivia Chow to be mayor of which horse to back. So if this has happened earlier, sure, more momentum, but it is good to see. You can hear the energy in Anna's voice, and I suspect this will help result in more getting behind the uh, the, the bylaw campaign. Endorsements potentially from, from newspapers, and the Toronto Star got behind her. What an incredible shot this is. Puts rocket fuel, and I hope she closes the gap and passes. Okay, and we won't, won't dwell on it forever, but the flip side of all of this is that uh, yesterday, the Premier, who gave, you know, not the most clanging endorsement of Mark Saunders, but very much said he's the guy I support. Yesterday, he started painting this uh, apocalyptic portrait of Toronto going down the drain in the event that Olivia Chow wins. Pamela, sounds like you would tend to favor Olivia Chow. How do you react to the Premier trying, trying to poison the well? 
Well, I haven't come out endorsing anyone, but I think Doug Ford has just proven over and over again that he is a misogynistic bully. He should just back off and let municipal politics play out as they are. Right. I mean, okay. But let me ask you, why, why does misogynism have to play in? Isn't it just coincidental that he's against a female candidate? There's one thing to say, I support Mark Saunders for blah, 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 whatever reasons, primarily because he's a cop. And it's quite another thing to say that a female candidate would be some unmitigated disaster. That's there's a big difference between those two. And the way he consistently talks about women in politics, this is just another sign of of the way he treats women in general. And it's it's really unbecoming of a premier, but it's the same old from Doug Ford. Add you a last word on this one, and it's not that he's putting his finger on the scale. It's kind of like that thing at the fairground where he drops a hammer and <laughs> rings a bell. <laughs> Uh, literally, I honestly, I think it's a bit over the top to call her an unmitigated disaster because he disagrees with her politically. You can disagree with somebody, but to call it like we're going to be living in a bastion of hell in the pits of hell and fear, blood and fury. Uh, I don't agree with that at all. And according to the polls, most Torontonians, 35 percent at least, want her to be mayor. So he's wrong. Uh, let's move on to, we just had a conversation with uh, Tim Danson, who is the lawyer for the victims of the two families of the victims of Paul Bernardo. And uh, Tim Hudak, I'll come back to you on this one first. Just outrageous. I mean, it is impossible to believe. And all this slipped through the cracks because apparently it was happening during COVID and uh, lawyer Danson decided not to make a major public fuss about it. But now it's out there that the families were asking for files from the government so they could present more cogent arguments at a parole hearing against uh, releasing uh, Paul Bernardo. And the government won the case. They didn't disclose the, the, the documents and sent a bill for the government's expenses. Yeah, I just it's one quick section if I could. I, I I just can't let sit the the blind side on on Premier Ford to say that that was a sexist attack. I, that is ridiculous. That is amateur hour. This is a guy who's elevated women to senior positions in his cabinet and his campaign. If you don't like what he said, fine, but don't play that uh, that old stunt. Look, this is a um, uh, incredibly tone deaf national government that that Paul Bernardo should be the easiest card to play. I, I don't mean to be dismissive about the seriousness of this, but look, yeah, how can you be on the pro-Bernardo side and then make the families of the victims pay pay costs? And this is so high profile. I cannot believe that decision makers did not know this was happening. That look, look the other way. And this is another sign of a government that has just lost touch of why it's supposed to be there. Adjua, you know, if we want to be charitable, it's because a bunch of uh, pencil pushers didn't really understand the circumstances. But still, you would think that anything involving Bernardo, you would think this is a special file. We've got to handle it differently. I know. And it just it seems petty, really petty on either the court's part or the pencil pushers part. I just so you're there. The Bernardo, the Mahaffey and French families are challenging the courts and that equals a victim's fine. It's just it's actually really disgusting. They're literally they lost their children. And we all saw it play out in the 90s on TV and into the 2000s. Anytime an appeal comes up for him to get out of jail, that is triggering for them. Their kids are not here anymore. And for the courts to do this and 
put, ask them to pay money and let this guy move to medium security is actually absolutely abhorrent and disgusting. Like, it's just rage-inducing. I don't understand why they're doing this to these families. All the more outrageous, Pamela Palmater, when you consider that the lawyer for those families doesn't bill them. So they were getting a bill for the federal government while this lawyer works for free on their behalf. Well, exactly. And in this amateur hours opinion, uh, this is something that happens. This has been happening for decades on many cases. I used to work at Justice Canada. There are some individuals there that take everything personally and see every litigation as a personal battle. And it's very detached from the public policy issues, the social issues that are involved. And these decisions don't go up to the prime minister. I know everyone would like to blame Trudeau for this, but these decisions don't go up to the prime minister. Justice Canada has a, a great degree of independence. So this is on Justice Canada. They should have known better, but they, they proceeded anyway. There is an Ontario woman, she's a quadriplegic as a result of a spinal cord injury in her teenage years. She's now the mother of two. And uh, she, I suspect, and Andrew, I'll start with you, this is more a stunt. And if it is, it's actually a very good one. Uh, but she said it was easier to file for medical assistance in dying than it was to access her disability support. So uh, she says, I have 12 days left on my medical assistance in dying application here in the province of Ontario. And I, I, you know, I, I would be horrified if she followed through on that. But what is what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a stunt. Um, she doesn't have aid and support. And according to her and in her article, um, she is not being able to clean herself. She can't get herself to the washroom. She was making money. Those people found other jobs. And now she has nobody that can help her. And she was told it's going to take six months to get actual ODSP support and only 90 days to apply for MAID, there is something wrong within the system. If you can't get the supports you need as a disabled person, but you can get access to medically assisted dying really quickly, that is a problem. I think we should be putting more money, more funding into helping people that need supports from the government. It's not it's it's just it's actually maddening that this is happening to this woman. Tim Hudak, uh, interesting on the morning brief, which you may have heard this morning, Mark Tui was offering that somebody should be allowed to apply for MAID under any circumstances, even financial hardship. Yeah, we, we already have the most uh, pro-assisted suicide uh, laws, I think, in, in the world. Uh, so I disagree with Mark on that. Yeah, this is heartbreaking story. There should be no reason for that delay. I think you're right, though, John, too. You called it sort of a hostage-taking. It's just three three boys, I believe, that are, are quite young. I, I This is my experience. Having, having been an MPP, there's always a champion that can go to bat, that can break down walls, that can get your case heard and get you the funds. That could be church groups, community groups, other activists. I think there's a much better way of solving these issues and running to the press and basically literally putting a gun to your head. We're going to have to call it there, but my thanks to the three of you, Tim Hudak, Pamela Palmater, and Adjua Insia-Yabois. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.